Welcome to another episode of Heart to Heart. Today we are talking about perhaps the most common killer in the United States, heart attacks. Heart attacks are so common, in fact, that about every minute, someone in the U.S. dies of one. We will be talking about how heart attacks happen and what you can do to lower your risk of having one. Heart to Heart is a series made for you, the patient. We hope to better public health and help you really understand more about your heart. If you are suffering from heart disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or you really just want to learn more about your heart, then you should be listening to Heart to Heart with your hosts, the Yusuf Twins. We will delve into many topics across the field of cardiology to help you improve your health. Don't be confused. Be healthy. I'm Muhammad Yusuf, and our guest today is Dr. Chala, President of West Virginia's Board of Medicine. He is also an award-winning cardiologist, including the American Heart Association's Heart of Gold Award. Dr. Chala currently practices at Thomas Memorial Hospital in Charleston, West Virginia. Welcome, Dr. Chala. Thank you, Dr. Yusuf. Why don't we start, as we always do, with the basics. Could you tell us what exactly is a heart attack? What a heart attack is is sudden and sometimes fatal occurrence of coronary thrombosis, typically resulting in death of a portion of the heart muscle. Basically, in simple layman's terms, there is a complete blockage of one of the arteries supplying the heart that results in the death of that portion of the heart muscle. Okay, so you're saying the heart is a muscle. And if some of the artery that provides that muscle with nutrients is clogged or blocked, then the heart, the muscle, can die? That's what results in a heart attack. Okay. And typically in a heart attack, almost 30% of the people who have a heart attack do not even make it to the hospital. Wow. And once you come to the hospital, unless you get it on time, the damage can well be permanent. What are some of the common symptoms that you've seen with your patients of a heart attack? What happens when you have decreased blood going to the heart muscle? You get angina. What is angina? It is the cry of the heart muscle for wanting oxygen, lack of oxygen. Usually, it can represent as pain in the chest, but quite often, there is a big variation. Some people don't feel any symptoms. Some people feel a lot of symptoms. Usually in the textbook, when I was going into medical school like you, it used to say you have pain in the left side of the chest, going to the left arm, sometimes to the jaw, associated with diaphoresis, nausea. These are the classic textbook descriptions. Unfortunately, this is found only in the textbooks. So the pain can range anywhere from mild pressure, tightness, heaviness, or severe pain. and that is very, very variable. One important note for the symptoms is, in women, the symptoms can be very, very atypical. It's quite often women can come with a symptom of epigastric pain or nausea, and then other symptoms can come, and obviously EKG is the first part. And 
most important is in elderly people or in patients with diabetes, they might suffer a heart attack and not even feel it. These are called silent heart attacks. Okay. Yeah, that's something I've heard of before as well, silent heart attacks. If symptoms are so variable, when should somebody take action and say, maybe I'm having a heart attack, maybe I should do something about this? So whenever somebody is having any of these symptoms, first and foremost is don't panic. If you're having pain in the chest, simply whenever somebody has symptoms in the chest, okay, if the symptom is getting aggravated with any maneuvers you do, like you push on the chest, you're hurting, or you take a deep breath, the pain gets worse. If you cough, the symptom gets worse. Or if you shrug your shoulder, it gets worse. Quite often, it is nothing to do with the heart. If patient is elderly and multiple risk factors, anytime you have symptoms, you have to worry. If you already have a known heart disease, then you have to worry. I would say somebody has a known heart disease having the symptoms, take three AB aspirins, sit down, take your nitroglycerin, which is given to you. And if you continue to have the symptom after three minutes or four minutes after the nitro, I would rather call 911 and go to the hospital. Yeah, you know, it's funny because my brother, he has gone to my dad many times and he's asked him, you know, what's wrong with me? I'm having some sort of chest pain. I'm worried. You know, and he's in his 20s and my dad will just poke him, you know, around on his chest and he'll usually find a certain spot. And as you were saying, if you can reproduce it on a maneuver, then... It's most likely, quite often, it's not the heart. Quite often when we get all the patients in the hospital, our number one source of consultation is chest pain. And more than 90% of them, we can even just seeing them and say that, okay, this is not your heart. And we don't do anything else after that. Correct me if I'm wrong. The most common cause of a heart attack is coronary artery disease. Can you tell us what coronary artery disease actually is and ultimately how that can cause the heart attack. Coronary artery disease, CAD, is buildup of plaque or atheromatous or cholesterol plaque in the coronary arteries. That's basically what the coronary artery disease is. Now, the plaque buildup does not happen overnight. And more than 99% of the heart attacks are because of this. Sometimes you can have spasm in the coronary arteries that can give you a heart attack, but quite often the plaque buildup is what the coronary artery disease is. Another thing that we can talk about is risk factors. Now, some of these risk factors you can't control and some of them you can control. Can you walk us through some of the most important risk factors? More than controlling is Is it a reversible risk factor or irreversible? If you have a strong family history, there's nothing you can do about it. You have it, you can change it, you can change your mom or dad. Strong family history of premature atherosclerosis. That is very, very important. I mean, let's say you have a patient whose dad had a heart attack at the age of 80. Is that a risk factor? No. It has to have premature atherosclerosis. 
less than 45 in men, 55 in women. I think in my mind that is the only risk factor which is not in your hands. Other risk factors include hypertension, diabetes, high cholesterol, sedentary lifestyle, obesity, and type A personality. All of these can totally be controlled. How is a heart attack diagnosed? When does, when does a cardiologist decide to go in and take a look at blockages? When the patient comes to the emergency room with symptoms, diagnosis of heart attack, first thing is the symptoms. Are you having these symptoms? But at the same time, you can have heart attack without chest pain. Second most important thing is the EKG. I think EKG is the best way to diagnose. And the hallmark of a heart attack on the EKG is what we call the ST elevation. That is called a STEMI, ST elevation myocardial infarction. Sometimes you don't need to have an ST elevation. That's why they call it as non-STEMI, non-ST elevation myocardial right. infarction. So you're talking about looking at the EKG, yeah. interpreting it and seeing an elevation in one of the waves. Yeah. And that tells you... This exactly. can be, you know, a whole thickness in the muscle. Yeah, I mean, whenever you are having a heart attack, your EKG changes, and that's what we diagnose it. And I thought you were asking how you treat it also, obviously. Yeah, yeah, please tell Whenever us. you see somebody with a heart attack, or it does not matter, STEMI or non-STEMI, the first thing is the patient is very anxious, severe chest pains and all. Give him four chewable baby aspirins in the emergency room and get blood flow through the artery as fast as we can. That's where we come to this door-to-balloon time, where whenever some patient has the heart attack, comes to the hospital with chest pain and walks in through the door of the emergency room, once you diagnose, you have to have a whole team approach where patient has an EKG, have an IV axis, get his aspirin, get a bolus of blood thinner or heparin, and get him to the cath lab, do a cardiac cath, see where the blockage is, and open the blockage. That's what, the time between the fact that he comes into the hospital till you open the blockage is the door-to-balloon time. And in fact, in our group, our door-to-balloon time has been less than 60 minutes for the last four years at least. That's amazing. Wow. So what you're saying is time is muscle. Time is muscle. Every second lost is muscle loss. And once the muscle is lost, then going forward, the overall heart pumping is decreased and you go into the complications of congestive heart failure and all those things. Why don't we talk about that as well? Suppose someone has a heart attack. Mm -hmm. What are some of the long-term complications? Once you come and you have a heart attack and... I think quite a bit of times, the most important thing is loss of heart muscle. If the heart muscle is salvaged by getting your artery open right away, the long-term consequence of having congestive heart failure and all those things are basically non-existent. And our goal would be to make sure it does not come back again. That's where the lifestyle and what to do after that comes in play. The main long-term consequence is congestive heart failure once you have heart muscle damage.
I'm sure you want to ask, how are you going to treat it? You took the words right out of my mouth. Tell us how you treat or prevent a heart attack. Smoking, zero, 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 zero. Never smoke and second and smoking is as important. Alcohol, limitations. Exercise, eat good. Vegetables and fiber. Chicken and seafood. Try to avoid red meat. And what I always tell my patients, whatever you like, don't eat. It's not good for you. And whatever I do, you don't do. Okay. But this is basically the food part of it. And exercise, less stress. Nowadays, yoga is in fashion. It's shown that that relieves a lot of stress. And that also helps people from developing problems with the heart. And be slim. Walk. Do as much activity as you can. And vegetables and fiber is good. Chicken and shrimp or seafood is good, but get rid of the skin of the chicken that has quite a bit of cholesterol in it. If you want to eat eggs, throw off the yellow. Eat egg whites. Heart healthy tips. Yeah. <laughs> so overall, suppose someone has a heart attack, eventually over time, can they return back to a normal life? Oh yeah, not even over time. Our goal is over next three, four days. Oh, wow. I mean, if you can take care of somebody on time, when they come in, you take care of it, typically in less than 48 hours. And before, some time ago, the treatment of heart attack was bed rest in the ICU for two weeks. Now we get the patient up, walking within 12 hours. Everything is okay. See, whenever you have a heart attack, one is the long-term consequences and within the short-term complications. Sometimes patients can have a rupture of a heart valve within 48 hours. And sometimes they can have the rupture of the ventricular septum depending upon where the heart attack is. Once that period is over, one aspirin a day. If you have a stent, you need antiplatelets like Plavix or Berlinta, one of those. You need a beta blocker and high-dose statins like Lipitor, Crestor, and high dose. Make sure the bad cholesterol, LDL is the bad, L for lousy. Lousy cholesterol should be less than 70. And your good cholesterol or the HDL, H for happy, happy should be high. So you take care of all this and I think once you know what it is and you take care of it, I think the lifestyle should not change. I have had patients who had a heart attack go on a marathon within a month. Absolutely incredible. And is there any last closing sentence, any last message you want to give? Be happy, be healthy, and run, run, run. We're going to wrap it up. I'm Mohammed Yusuf. I am Dr. Kishore Chala. I'm an interventional cardiologist practicing in Charleston for the last 30 years. I have the honor of being appointed and being the president of the West Virginia Board of Medicine. I am in South Charleston Cardiology and Chief of Cardiology at Thomas Memorial Hospital. If you are curious to learn more about your heart and more importantly, what you can do to keep it in great shape, you can find more informative episodes like this one by searching Heart to Heart 
on Apple Podcasts or Heart to Heart Cast on YouTube.